0: Hey guys, welcome to episode four of stock the fuck up. We're so excited um, to have on the show today, Alex Cutler hooked up with him on Twitter. You know, it's a really great community that we have on Twitter right now with, um, just overall sharing information, knowledge and learning from each other and you guys anyone listening i i do want to let you guys know that alex and i are definitely not financial advisors um or lawyers and we are just kind of sharing any knowledge anecdotes thoughts that we have um on investing because it's such a fascinating journey alex yeah tell us a little bit about how long it's been since you really started your investing journey because that's what we're all about absolutely yeah thank you again for having me on here
1: so uh so i started uh, investing around three and a half four years ago now um main reason being is because uh at that time, I was in the military and my job in the military was as a data analyst and meteorological forecaster. So I was very accurate in my forecasting, obviously analyzed through data and I've always been a financial mindset type of guy. And I've been doing well for myself. And so um, my uncle told me about, Hey, you might as well use your talent that you have and your analyzing skills and go into the stock market and check it out. So I did. And, um, the first year was always a little bit of a headache, but, uh, like everybody does when you're not really sure. And then it was kind of a, a quick,
0: quick. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, just to clarify, just cause I know you mentioned, um, it kind of goes back as to when you were in the services, but how old were you exactly when you really decided to take a jump and be like, okay, I'm going to grab this amount of money and just, you know, once I've learned about it, let me, let me go forward.
1: Well, uh, I started around, around uh, 25 years old, but, uh, like I will, in high school I was one of the people that were doing through accounting and economics uh did college college level economics and financial analysis.
0: You know so Alex and I kind of stay within the millennial range right now and we're we're kind of speaking to that audience because there is a lot of scary steps and um you know <laughs> Alex mentioned the taking the economics course um in college and kind of really uh, being perhaps riveted by that and 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 diving a little bit deeper. I kind of want to talk a little bit about that today, Alex. I kind of want to talk about that experience that I think everyone had to have um, in middle school or high school. I'm going to go ahead and say high school where they're like, okay, guys, economics, you're all mostly seniors or juniors. Um, You're going to learn about the stock market. And I mean, 17, 18, 16, we are not taking this seriously. But they tell us, hey. You have five thousand dollars. Make it into ten thousand if you can. Or we're gonna actually follow these uh, tickers for the next three months. Let's see what you guys can do. Um, did you ever experience anything like that?
1: I did actually. That was uh, that was for one of my economics classes. It was primarily for seniors. And so when I was in there, they they always kind of push, hey, stay with the blue chips, like stay with the likes of IBM, Intel. You name it, all the like major ones, yeah. and they kind of tell you to kind of stay away from the, the volatile ones that you're unsure of. Because as high schoolers, they don't really teach you to do to do due diligence mm-hmm. to learn about a company and uh, and figure out what to look at and to see how they're growing. So um, I tried my best, and truthfully, we all really failed. We didn't hit ten thousand dollars. We didn't double our money, but right. uh, some some of us did well. Some of us made like two thousand dollars, but Um, it is what it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was reading an article in New York Times in one of our previous episodes that actually said that um, our school system doesn't really prepare us for um, investment, for really uh, preparing for our future, for any sort of early retirement dream. But ironically, they, for the most part, all of my friends or anyone that I've asked within our age range, they've had this sort of assignment. So what are they actually teaching us (laughs) that we're going to fail, that it's hard, that it's overwhelming? If anything, this one assignment similar to that, uh, taking care of a robotic baby for a weekend assignment somehow teaches us to just be afraid of this, um, this adulthood, uh, stage.
1: I agree that that, especially nowadays when, uh, money and and the value of money is is hyperinflation and basically losing value in, in the dollar now. Um, I think that if anything, high schoolers should be learning economics and finance, like financial, uh, analyzing, um, like, as mandatory. Like, I get mm-hmm. it. Mathematics, the basic mathematics is important. I, I understand that.
0: Mm-hmm. But all these
1: other extra things, they're really not preparing anybody. And when kids come, go through college, they're going to be coming out with massive debt and they're going to have to try to pay that off as much oh, yeah. as possible, which even my teacher, that's uh, an uh, accounting teacher, she didn't pay it off and she was 38 years old. I felt so bad for her.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I do want to talk a little bit about what I. What I did hear when my economics teacher spoke, he said, okay, so fundamentally try to follow the seasons. (laughs) And um, he gave us two examples. He's like, summertime, vacation, you know, go for the big parks. Like, for instance, me and my family, we are invested in Disney right now and we always make a profit, especially over after the summer vacation. It's just high volume. Um, And then, you know, if you guys wanna do something small, Think about it, Easter Hershey's. You know, ticker is H-S- HSY. Just go for it. See if that turns around during the spring because everyone's buying those damn chocolates. And he was so sure. Do you believe in that sort of like? Let's follow the annual year and what is naturally voluminous, um, and and what's naturally moving because of what's happening in the world or in your summer, you know, or do you kind of believe more like, hey, I'm I'm going with the earnings season and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track of. It. That's the season that I want to stick to.
1: I would actually like to... If I was to go back in my early 20s, I would tell myself to focus on the companies that were rapidly growing and mm-hmm. things that were like quarterlies. How are they growing? Um, mm-hmm. I understand the the seasonal. Seasonals are more for long-term swing traders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and that works. You kind of use both hand in hand. But my portfolio, I would tell people to make a majority of it, uh, like 75% of it, long-term rapid growth investments. Try to have a baseline of how much you want to hold for that stock. And if you have the ability to double that, that way you can kind of do a bracket order as it continues to grow. You can chunk chunk it off it rotate it into another company.
0: I totally agree about kind of splitting it also, um, between some of these long-term, um, I don't want to call them sure things, but it's just, there's some companies out there that we know they're not going anywhere anytime soon and, mm-hmm. um, and splitting it up and also just taking a little bit of a risk, uh, during the pandemic, it has been a really interesting season. You know, a lot of storage units, uh, companies, that's, that's kind of what I, I looked at. I'm like, man, people are moving. People are moving, moving. People are just changing their life. And I came across some really lucky, you know, lucky, lucky stocks. It seems that Alex does agree also, guys, with Michael Tanney, a director of Magnus Financial Group in New York. He says market timing does not work. As long as you believe in capitalism, every bear market has historically given way to a bull market. No one can predict the timing of these moments, and you will likely do more harm than good by trying to navigate your way through them by trading or listening to your advisor, who thinks he or she knows when the right time is.
1: We're in an era where people don't really care about a a company. It doesn't matter. We don't care to grow with them. And I understand that. They're all about the instant profits. Mm -hmm. And even companies that have good, good earnings... They have a good EPS, they have growth in revenue, they have higher EBITDA. doesn't matter. The stock all of a sudden just drops like a rock. It's because we're in the we're in the era of the AMCs. we're in the era of the GMEs. We want squeezes. We want to make three hundred percent instantaneously. And that's good and all. but that's also coming from people that are just following trading groups and that's instant true. alerts. I'd rather people follow the likes of you me and many others that are trying to educate the traders and investors to make them more independent and less reliant on others and potentially get them into better situations than potentially FOMOing and losing 20, 30% of their portfolio.
0: You know, they're, they're not looking at that. Who's the leadership Who's the team leading this company? What are their backgrounds? Um, what has this company done in the past five years? Let me look at their charts in the past five years, because if this is just fluctuating, you know, sporadically, yeah. this is probably not the safest bet. Um, and it's been really, it's been really interesting. There's, I can, you know, there's lots of leaders out there that are just like, what do we do? Is it, do we need influencers? Do we need, you know, what do we need to do to kind of keep up?
1: Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, is that, that investors as well as the, the leadership of companies need to understand to kind of go back to the basis at times, but take advantage of the current digital era that we are in. Yes, stick to the technicals, stick to the fundamentals. You can play both and it makes you a more accurate investor and day trader, um, swing trader, and you can make money in both ends as a long-term investor as well as a day trader. But, for companies, they need to kind of take advantage of the digital era that we're in. There's free marketing across the whole board. We're seeing SoFi push out marketing schemes with TikTok, which they got over a billion views. Mm-hmm. That's free marketing right there, which if they wanted that kind of type of view on like uh, as commercials, they'd be forking out hundreds of millions of dollars just to get that air time. Right. So to be able to take advantage of that digital era and people looking at their phones almost eight hours of the whole day, which is quite insane. Um, you gotta just take advantage of what it is, but I I wouldn't want my a CEO that I'm invested in to focus on hey let's play the memes let's let's mm-hmm. let's focus on that to be a part of it because yeah. it's really not going to provide you any good foundation.
0: 100 percent you're just gonna get um, a pump and dump crowd. And that's really yep. what, um, you know, it, it's dangerous, it's dangerous for the company. It's dangerous for those who are investing and it's how you can, yeah, you can earn a crap ton of money and you can also lose a crap ton of money. So with that said, guys, um, personally, you know, we just mentioned how to follow like annual and seasonally, but what about earning season now, according to Forbes magazine, Forbes magazine, earning season, it's a period when public traded companies release their most recent quarterly financial information in a report called Form 10-Q. We can mention a little bit more about Form 10-Q, guys, and maybe um, some of our investing terms episodes, but we're just going to continue on with the quote. During this time, many companies also host conference calls to discuss the results and field questions from analysts on Wall Street. Um, So that's kind of the season that I think we're talking about a bit more, um, the due diligence that Alex mentioned, Um, just really following a company, really, really doing your homework, and being like, okay, well this is this is where I'm gonna put a few of my dollars.
1: If I was if I was someone that was starting with a thousand dollars, I would tell people is to focus on your mental stress and not to diversify too much. You want to be able to before you didn't buy a stock Look at the company. Look at the last quarterly quarterly earnings. Have they increased their guidance? Have they been beating out earnings? What's the current valuation? Look at the peers. See how the multiples are moving on the peers as well. Like how are they trading valuation-wise compared to the revenue? Then look at the, the company as well that you're looking at and see how they are in retrospect comparison to them.
0: So um, yeah, thank you so much, Alex, for this. This is such an awesome episode and I'm going to jump right into uh, post-production if you have any last words.
1: No, thank you so much for having you guys. And uh, I want to say that every single one of you guys that are listening, make sure to like, make sure to subscribe to uh, Stock. And uh, the biggest thing is, is that you should always try to educate yourself as an investor and trader. Become more independent. Don't rely on everyone 100%. just to be, yeah, just always try to learn and grow as an investor every single day.
0: A hundred percent. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex, and we'll see you guys next time. Stop!